This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. Hey, uh, yeah, so my name's Matt. Um, if you don't know me, I'm one of the leaders here at Nova, and uh, um, I'm, uh, I'm 28 years old. Uh, I've been uh, living in Halifax my whole life, uh, born and raised here. Uh, two really, really amazing, wonderful, awesome parents. Uh, my dad's actually here today in the back somewhere. I won't point him out because he likes to hide. Um, and uh, I, have, uh, I have two brothers and a sister, and uh, I love my family so much. It's so awesome. Like, uh, I've got a, a niece and a nephew now. My niece is here today, too, uh, sitting around somewhere. She hasn't cried yet, so that's good. Um, but but I, I love my family so much, and uh, it's, it's so cool, you know, like growing up, um, being a stare at, having a full house. I learned to really, really enjoy alone time. Am I the only one that really loves alone time? I just, I love it. I can't get enough alone time. I go to the movies alone. Uh, I, I just prefer to be alone. I love car rides alone. I just love being alone. And, uh, and that's a little bit about me. But I, 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 this morning, what I love about church is no matter where your walk is, no matter how your week was, it's nice to know when you need somebody that you're not alone. And that's why we love church so much. It's one thing to, to stay at home and maybe you can watch sermons online or you can read your Bible yourself. And I'm all for that. I really think that you need to get some word in you throughout the week. But I'm thankful this morning when I look around this room that I'm not doing life alone. Aren't you thankful that you're not in this by yourself? Aren't you thankful that you got at least one phone number in your phone that you can call and you know they're not going to just send you to voicemail? Aren't you thankful this morning that you're not in this by yourself? I'm so thankful today that I've got so many people around me that help me and make me better. Um, if, uh, if you haven't heard yet, we do a, a class every week uh, called Next Steps. And uh, if you're wondering what to do next, that's next. Uh, it, it, we're on class three, but the cool part is there's four classes, and you can jump in whenever you want to. Uh, so you don't need to do them in any consecutive order. You can jump in on, on class three, class four, and they go through a rotation. And if you're really uh, wondering what's next, you want to get plugged into Nova, or maybe you want to help serve, uh, we love that, and we, we want more of you. And I went through it myself, and I thought it was life-changing and amazing, and it was awesome, and I know that it will help somebody else too. So that's happening right after this. We will have coffee. It will be good, I promise. I promise it will be good because it's so awesome, and I have it every week, so... Um, but yeah, see us at Next Steps right after this. Also, I'm really excited for Tuesday, uh, Heart and Soul. Uh, the church that, that we're renting is actually like, honestly, I can walk there in like 30 seconds. It's awesome. I'm really happy about Heart and Soul happening this Tuesday. Also, Saturday night service. Some things like church is so good, we don't want you to wait an entire week. We got it a day early, Saturday night, and, and we're really excited about that, and I can't wait for that either. Um... Real quick, I just wanted to make mention of a couple people. First of all, uh, my wife, uh, Kristen. If you just want to stand up, I know, I know that you don't want to. Can you please just stand? Can you please? Can you please? That's my wife, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, she makes me a better person every single day. And she's my best friend. And I love her so much. And she's so awesome. Um, and I, I wouldn't know what I would do without you. So I'm not going to choke up. Um, Next, uh, people, I, I wouldn't be here today, and we all wouldn't be here in this moment if it wasn't for uh, Mike and Nancy Miller. Um, I, I truly, yeah, give it up for, for Pastor Mike and Nance. I, I truly don't know where I'd be in my life without them. 
And uh, it, I've, I've served under uh, Pastor Mike in, in, a, in a couple different ministries for, for many years, um, close, to, close to 10 probably, and uh, through youth ministry and adult ministry and everything. And I just want to say I'm so thankful, not only you and Nance, but also Josh and Maddie. Because uh, you guys really show what it's like for a family to be in ministry. Because sometimes kids can grow up not enjoying the church because it takes their parents away from them. But you guys have decided to bring your whole family into this. And I'm so thankful for that model because our church and our city needs more of that model. Uh, amen. That the, that the family's not divided with multiple purposes. But, uh, but you guys really show what it's like. So we're very thankful for you today. Um, I will get to preaching now. I know that you're, you're dying. Like, when's he going to open his Bible? Does he even like God? Yeah, I'm getting to that. Uh, just give me, give me one second. Hey, um, I just want to say one more thing. Uh, we have an amazing team that makes this happen every week. And uh, if you are on the dream team, if you want to raise your hand uh, real quick, these people are really the ones that make it happen every single week, and we could not do it without them. It's like, you ever go to some church, and it's like, hey, come back, we really need you, and you show up, and you're sitting there because everybody else is doing everything, and it's kind of awkward, like, do you really need me? We actually do need you, because uh, if you don't show up, stuff just doesn't work, doesn't happen, and uh, before the service, I was, I was uh, standing down here, and the screen went off or something, and I was like, oh, that's strange, and then there's people running from the back, like sprinting towards the stage, and I'm like, here we go. We have some people this morning that make excellence a priority, because some of us would say, oh, it's okay. It's just a screen. You can just move on. They've been doing churches without screens for thousands of years. You don't need a screen. I'm thankful this morning that we have some people that just don't do it good enough, but they do it excellent, and I'm so thankful for our production team and the, and the kids uh, team, Kids Junior. I'm so, so, so thankful for the coffee. Uh, I am so thankful this morning. So why don't we just give it up one more time for our dream team. And while you're at it, you can pull your Bibles. Uh, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 14 uh, and start in verse 22. Matthew 14. Verse 22. Are you there yet? Who is, a, who is a real Bible, like ink and paper? Where are you guys at? Do you guys still exist in the world? Nice. Loud, loud and proud. Me too. Uh, um, it's rare nowadays to actually have ink and paper, but I just like the way that rice paper sounds, you know, something about it. Like, I grew up in the church, right? So, like, that sound, that sound just gets to me. I don't know what it is. Uh, something like a glowing screen can't do for me. All right, the preacher's weird. All right, let's move on. So uh, Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 says this, says, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. Well, he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost, and they cried out with fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Verse 29, so he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked 
on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand. Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased and those who were in the boat came and worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. Truly, you are the son of God. Let's Let's pray. God, we're so thankful uh, for this moment. God, we're thankful for this point of time that you have called us to be born and to live in this moment. God, in a moment where our world seems to be shaking, you're the one that placed us in this timeline, in this moment, at this moment, in this time. And God, we say thank you for using us to reach people, God, that are far from you, to bring them closer to you. God, we say it's an honor. And God, we thank you, Lord, for every single person in this room. God, I pray for faith where there's doubt. I pray for healing where there's sick. God, I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name that all fear will be gone in this place. And I thank you, Lord, that when we meet you and when we come in contact with you, we never leave the same. So God, I thank you so much for your word today. God, help me to preach well. Help us to listen well. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen. If you're taking notes uh, this morning, uh, which I grew up in church, so I was a big fan of taking notes, uh, we can write this title down, Storm Chasers. Storm Chasers. Storm Chasers. It, it, growing up, I, uh, I, I had a favorite TV show growing up. Anybody here have a favorite TV show? One that you like, you couldn't wait to watch. I mean, you'd, you'd run home from school because you knew it started at a certain time. Or maybe your parents would be watching TV and you'd beg them to watch this show. I mean, I never had a TV in my room or anything like that because that was like evil back then. Uh, it was a church kid. You weren't allowed to have a TV in your room. You weren't allowed to have internet, anything. But uh, anything with a screen you weren't allowed to have uh, or Pokemon cards. Anyway, um, but... Uh, some people couldn't watch Care Bears, by the way. I thought that was evil, too. But anyway, um, but we had this, this TV show, and it, it was my favorite TV show. Anybody here have a favorite TV show growing up? Anybody? Yeah. MacGyver. I, I thought it was uh, little, little House on the Prairie. It wasn't? No? It wasn't Heartland? You did tell me it was Heartland at one point, did you not? Okay, good. Anybody else have a favorite TV show? Anybody? Friends? Yeah, Friends. You told me I, I remind you of Ross. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or not. Um, fa favorite TV show, anybody? Seinfeld. Yeah, all awesome TV shows. I know you're not allowed to say this in church, but I really like The Simpsons. Don't judge me. Okay, I know you're not allowed to say that in church, but there you go. Confessions from the preacher. All right. But I, I also really love this show called Storm Chasers. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this show. It's not really on TV anymore, uh, but there was a show called Storm Chasers, and what they would do in this show, I thought it was, I thought it was crazy. I remember watching it a couple times with my dad, and, and, and it was so crazy because there's these three guys on the show, and man, they were crazy. Like, they, they just didn't look right in the eyes. Like, they, they, they interview them on camera, and they, like, there was just something off about these guys, man. They were weird, man. They were, they were just the strangest guys. But I thought it was crazy because I'd watched this show, and I never understood in my mind how these guys could think and act like this. 
that this, this uh, it would start off, you know, there'd be a helicopter, an aerial shot of a city, you know, and there's like houses blowing over and like cars blowing over and, and people are evacuating the main interstates of the city in the U.S. and they're just trying to get out of the city as fast as they can and, and all of a sudden it would pan down and you'd see this tank-looking vehicle, except it wouldn't have a gun on the top, it would have a camera. You know, and it looked really threatening, but it was actually just like this, these three guys that were obsessed with recording and analyzing storms. And I watched this show and I thought it was, I'm like, this is so backwards. Like, all these people in this city, right, that actually like their life are leaving their homes, their possessions, absolutely everything behind to get out of the city because they're fearful for their life. And here are these three guys driving in to the storm and in to the city that's flooded and in to these places that are broken and, and just destroyed by this crazy storm. And I remember thinking, like, how messed up do you need to be in your brain in order to do this? Like, do you even like your life? Like, what the heck? And, and, and as I began to think about that, I, I, I developed this thought and I, I was thinking, maybe that's how the church should be. When everybody else runs from something, I believe the church is supposed to run to something. See, everybody tries to run from the things that usually uh, are, are awkward, that, that, that are a lot of work, or, or how about things that, that are like people that are broken, maybe people that are homeless, maybe the people that, that society avoids or isolates or tries to get rid of. I believe the church, I believe Nova Church, that we are called to run to homeless, run to the broken, run to the hurting, run through to the people that society runs from. I believe that's the call of the church this morning. That we are to be like storm chasers in our city. Where's everybody else running from? I need to run to it. Because if nobody else reaches these people, guess what? It's on us. It's on us. Nobody else is going to do it. It's on us. Why can't we be the organization that the city calls? Says, hey, we got a lot of hurting people. Can you do something? I would say yes every time. Amen? Every time. Every time. This morning in our, in our story, uh, we have Jesus, who I think is the most fascinating character in all of human history. And I read about Jesus, and, I, and I, when, I, when I read the Bible, the reason why I, I enjoy sharing about it and preaching is, is because I put myself in the story. So I'm right there. And it's easy for me to do. It's like, for me, it's like watching a movie. I'm just in the scene. I'm there. And we pick it up later on in this chapter, but before this, before verse 22, there's this, all these crazy events that happen in the life of Jesus. And when I read it, I'm like, man, Jesus cannot get a break. Like, I love alone time. I, like, anytime Jesus tries to get alone, like, all of a sudden they decide to have a church service around him. Oh, Jesus is sitting. All right, let's get all the people together, bring them all the sick. And he, all of a sudden he has to work, you know. I feel so bad for him because I'm like, don't, don't you want to, like, hang up by yourself for just a little bit, just a tiny bit? And so we, really earlier on in this chapter, Jesus finds out that John the Baptist, one of his friends, uh, he's the one that baptized Jesus. Earlier on in the story, he, uh, Jesus finds out that John the Baptist was beheaded. He was killed. 
And Jesus now is, is hurt because, like, that was his guy. Like, he was the last of, of the Old Testament prophets in the Bible. He was the last one that was really preparing the way for Jesus. Before Jesus showed up, the role of the church was to talk about Jesus and nothing's changed now. We still do the same. But before that, they would predict the way, and they would say, hey, this is the person that's coming. He's going to do this. 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 He's going to bridge a way to heaven that we couldn't get there. We don't need to have animal sacrifices anymore. And he would just tell all these things, and, and the Jewish people at the time would just dream of the day when Jesus would come. They would just dream of the day. And that's what John the Baptist did, pave the way for Jesus. Just pave the way for Jesus. And now word comes to Jesus that John the Baptist is gone. Now Jesus tries to get alone because he's hurting. He tries to have some alone time. So he goes to this remote village. And all of a sudden word spreads that Jesus is there. So they do what we expect them to do. They get pumped. They're excited. Hey, Jesus is here. And he's actually sitting down. He's not going anywhere because he's hurting. So let's bring him a whole bunch of people. Let's bring him a whole bunch of people that he can heal so that, so that we, we can get as many people healed as possible. So Jesus starts healing people. And then he starts preaching to them. And now it's getting later on in the day and later on. And, and now the people are hungry. People are starving. And now the disciples come to Jesus and they're like, hey, everyone's really excited about the church service. Jesus is going awesome. Uh, but people are starving. So I'm going to go ahead, like, if you're cool with it, Jesus, we're just going to send the people to, like, McDonald's and Burger King and all the places in the area to get food because, you know, we don't have anything for them. And Jesus looks at them and says, no, 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 we're not sending them anywhere. You feed them. You feed them. And they were like, well, all we have is this kid's lunch, and the kid's, like, still holding on to the lunch. You know, that's like, that's mine. All we have is this, this kid's lunch. And they take the five loaves and the two fish, and they're like, it ain't much, Jesus. Isn't much, but, but th this is all we have. So just to prove to you, okay, that we need to send these people home, this is the only food out of these thousands of people. This is it, Jesus. This is it. And Jesus is like, five loaves, two fish? All right, I can make that work. Aren't you thankful that God can use the little things? Aren't you thankful that you don't have to be somebody you're not? Aren't you thankful that God can take the small things that you give him and turn it into the biggest miracle that you've ever seen? So he, they, they get the lunch, and, and, and then God, and Jesus blesses it, and they, they, he gives it to the disciples, and he fills all these baskets with it, and everybody ate. says that there was 5,000 men. So we can assume there's probably 5,000 women and a few thousand kids. Let's say there's... 20,000, you know, everybody has a couple kids. So now we got 20,000 people that just got fed with five loaves and two fish. That's crazy. I'm in this story. Like, this, this, this is what I'm thinking. I'm reading it. I'm like, this is insane. Because I actually believe it happened. I read the Bible. I believe that the words are there for a reason, and that actually happened. And he performs this crazy miracle. It's one of the craziest things the disciples have ever seen. And then they're like, all right, like that was awesome. That was mind-blowing. And they all have leftovers. And they're like, this is crazy. And they come up to Jesus, and Jesus is like, you know, they're finishing the church service off. They ate, hallelujah, eat at church. It's awesome. And they're really pumped. And then they look at Jesus, and they're like, all right, Jesus, what do we do now? Because that was so awesome. 
What do we do now, Jesus? Do you want to have a, like a debrief? Maybe we can talk about how good the church service was, or maybe we can talk about maybe next time we can bring more fish because people need more protein in their diet, or maybe, maybe next time we can, we can do some things different. Want to have a debrief meeting, Jesus? And Jesus looks at them and goes, no, get in the boat. We're moving on. What? You don't want to talk about it? You don't want to celebrate the win? Like, come on, Jesus, this doesn't sound very godlike. Aren't we supposed to, like, be happy? And the disciples, I can see them being like, well, we all got all this food now, baskets full. I'm not sure how big the baskets are, but they all have their own basket full of food. And then Jesus is like, all right, go over, get in the boat and go across the sea. I'll meet you over there. Uh, okay, it's kind of awkward, you know, like buzzkill like crazy. They're like, oh, guess it wasn't that big of a deal. So they get back, they get in the boat, and they start making their way to their side. And, and when I read this, I was reminded that Jesus actually doesn't want us to pause on one moment. How easy is it for us to just stay in one moment? Maybe God came through for you five years ago, and that's the one thing that you keep holding on to. If God can do it like that, I want to encourage you, he can do it again. God can do it again. And that's the, that's the message that's in this text right now, that we're not supposed to push pause on our spiritual walk. That it can get better than this. That it can get better than a couple hundred people on Sunday. That it can get better than just a new church two months old, reaching hundreds of people a week. It can get better than that. Let's not push pause in this moment and believe that God has so much more for us. Do you believe that? So they make, he makes them get into the boat and he goes up on top of the mountain to pray. And in my head, for some reason, I feel like the mountain has a clear view of the ocean in my mind for some reason. I don't know if you guys think that way, but I'm picturing like Jesus up there with like crazy like eagle god eyes and he can see the boat in the middle of the ocean. I don't know. So I, he, he goes up there and finally now Jesus is alone. He's been trying to be alone for a while. Finally, he's alone. And when he gets up there, it's so funny, I'll find the verse. Uh, in verse 24, now he's by himself. And then in verse 24, starts with the word, but. He was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Jesus finally gets some alone time. Finally. And now he sees that his disciples are in the middle of the, one of the biggest storms of their lives. I'm thankful that God's not too busy for us. Aren't you thankful that he's as close as the mention of his name? Aren't you, aren't you so happy that it doesn't matter how many times you mess up, I can still ask for forgiveness? I'm th so thankful that God's not done with me, that no matter the mistakes I make, God still has a plan for me. If I ruin plan B, he's got plan C. If I ruin plan C, he's got plan D. And so on. And I'm so, so thankful that we can rely on Jesus for always coming through. And the disciples are now in the biggest storm of their life. And the storm waves are coming and it's like, it's getting dark in this moment. It's only a three mile journey from shore to shore. But for some reason they were out there for hours kind of going around in circles. And they knew Jesus isn't going to come because he said he would meet us on the other side. So maybe we're supposed to go through this by ourselves. And so they don't have much faith. 
They don't know if Jesus is coming or not. Now, the disciples are in the biggest storm of their lives, and if you don't know, most of the disciples are actually fishermen. So it's not their first time on a boat. It's not their first time in a storm. And for some reason, they're scared and terrified for their lives. So it must have been a pretty crazy storm because this isn't new to them. This, is, this, this was their job. And, and so the, the, the wind gets louder and the waves get bigger and it, it gets darker. And, and now they're at a moment where, what are we going to do? And I can see them in there with all their food, you know, that they brought from the miracle. And they're thinking about how amazing that moment was and how big God looked and how powerful God looked, how amazing God looked. And I can see them now taking that focus that was once on Jesus and forgetting about that and all of a sudden focusing on how big the waves are and how powerful the wind is and how amazing this storm is. And I could see them using the same words they once used to describe the Savior. They're now using to describe the storm. And how true is that in our own lives sometimes? We come on a Sunday morning and, and man, God is huge. God is powerful. And we have our miracle moment on a Sunday. And then Monday comes around. We're like, man, that debt really is pretty big. Man, that... That, that sickness is pretty huge. I, I, I don't know if, if Monday Jesus is as big as Sunday Jesus. And all of a sudden we make Jesus smaller than our storm when really Jesus is the, most, is the biggest being in our entire universe. The Bible says that he measures the stars in the span of his hand and somehow he knows the number of hairs that are on your head. He's not too distant. He's not too far gone. The same God that's here now will be here on Wednesday, will be here on Thursday, will be in your heart on Saturday. The same God that's here today will be, you through, be with you throughout the week. Amen? Amen. So now Jesus comes walking on the water. And the disciples, they're, they're terrified. They don't expect it to be Jesus. So they look out into the water and they're like, is that a ghost? You guys seeing this? Like, what is that? Ah, it's just a wave. You had too much fish. It's, it's that bread. No, no, I, I think that's a person. It can't be a person. Who can walk on water? Especially this crazy storm. If, you know, walking on water wasn't already impossible. Uh, here, here comes Jesus, and the disciples don't even recognize him. He gets closer, and Jesus says, don't be afraid. It's me. It's me. And I could see the disciples being like, what? He was supposed to meet us over there, and now he's here, and he was trying to be by himself, and oh, we ruined his, we ruined his alone time. Uh, and, and maybe they feel guilty, and maybe they feel bad, except my favorite disciple, Peter. He's my favorite because he says the first thing that comes to his head. You ever know people like that? You get around them, maybe they're a friend in your friend group. And when, you say the, when they say the first thing that comes to their head, I see some of you guys laughing, like you immediately think of that one person. I hope I'm not that person. I might be. Um, but the, he says the first thing that comes to his head. He sees Jesus, and he says, all right, if that's really you, command me to come to you. What? Why? 
I'm not, I'm not trying to get out of this boat that's, you know, shaking and almost falling apart. I'm not trying to get out of this boat to try and walk on something that seems to be impossible that might kill me. Peter, you're crazy. And I can see the other disciples, like the other people in the friend group, thinking like, I'm not watching. <laughs> Bartholomew, you watch, man. You tell me how it is. Uh, I ain't watching, man. Hey, James, man, you watch. I'm not watching. I'm not watching. I can see them, like, kind of, like, peeking out. Oh, he really is getting to the edge of the boat. Oh, oh man, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And the story goes that Jesus stands a distance from the boat. He didn't want to make Peter feel too safe. Oftentimes, when God tells you to do something, he'll, he'll, he'll leave a little bit of space for you to walk. He won't just take you by the hand and pull you up because that requires no faith. God wants you to do something that requires faith. So Peter stands up, gets to the side of the boat, and then he, he, he goes to, to walk off of it. And I could see all the disciples thinking like, oh, this is crazy. But the craziest thing happens. Peter gets out of the boat. He gets out of the boat and he stands on the water. I actually believe this happened. Right? I'm crazy enough to believe that, that the Bible's true and everything. So I believe that this actually happened, that Peter got out of a boat and stood on water. And as I thought about this yesterday, I was studying and I was like, I am so thankful that in this moment we're all here because one couple and one family decided to get out of their boat and it was a comfortable boat, and it was a good boat, and storms would come, but the boat wouldn't sink, and they were staying afloat, and God called them to do something impossible, and we're here this morning because the Miller family decided to get out of their boat. And I'm so thankful this morning that I can stand here and preach, and we can be here this morning because you guys get out of your boat. And that's, that means the world to me that I can look at somebody that's not afraid to walk out in faith and not afraid to listen to the voice of God when God commanded them to step off of their boat and go to, out onto the water. It's, it's crazy. And we had our first service two months ago. The, the first real evidence of, of them leaving that boat and getting somewhere. And here they are this morning out of their boat. And some would say, you know what? That, that, that's, that's good enough, being out of your boat. That's, that's good enough. You know, you, you've really broken ground. You've done some crazy things. It's, it's good enough to just get out of your boat. But I'm thankful this morning that they didn't just get out, and Peter didn't just get out of the boat. He decided to take a step. Because it's one thing to have one service. It's another thing to have another service. It's another thing to... to to pray and imagine that we're not done yet. And I'm thankful that, that we don't just take one step, but we take another step. We take another step. It says that Peter walked on the water. So every step was a step of faith. And some of you need to hear this this morning, that you can take another step. Just take another step. I know that you might have tried to quit smoking before, but just, come on, just take another step. I know that you tried to call that person back, and they hurt you, and you tried to forgive them, and you're trying your best. I just want to encourage you this morning to take another step. Take another step. You're away from the boat now. Your safety net's gone. Fully rely on Jesus this morning and take another step.
Take another step towards Jesus today. Take another step. As Peter was walking, the Bible says that he was just gazed on Jesus. As soon as he lost his focus off of Jesus, he, he began to sink. And, and, and this morning, I want to remind you to keep your focus on Jesus. Keep it about him. It's not about how good you are or how good your willpower is or how, how organized you are in your life. Keep your focus on Jesus. So he keeps looking at Jesus. He loses his focus. The wind is crazy. The waves are crazy. And now he's sinking. And Jesus, Jesus picks him up and, and, and puts him back in the boat. And now they're all in the boat together. And I can see maybe the disciples now are like, ah, maybe, maybe, I, maybe I should have came out in the water too, you know, because now Peter's the only one. And I can see Peter sitting in the boat with a huge smile on his face. Can't you? Like, I mean, he's kind of he's like maybe, maybe a little nervous, maybe a little scared. But he's sitting in the boat and he's like, there's two people in this boat that walked on water today and I'm one of them. And I can see him thinking about it. You know, maybe he's wet and, and, and like he, he, he doesn't look the greatest. But I believe that there's a big smile on his face because he realized in that moment that one thing that I was so scared of that one thing that almost killed me, that one thing that I almost drowned in, I walked on it. I walked on it. I walked on it. I want to encourage you this morning that some of you, man, you've been through some stuff. And sometimes you're good on Monday. And sometimes you're good on Tuesday. But maybe Wednesday trips you up. I want to encourage you this morning that you're walking on it this morning. You got to church this morning. You're walking on anxiety this morning. You're walking on depression this morning. You're walking in victory this morning. That there's still a plan for your life this morning. You're walking on it today. You're walking on it. Depression, you're walking on it. Anxiety, you're walking on it. Sickness, you're walking on it this morning. Walk in faith that God has called you to a higher purpose. You're walking on it today. You're walking on it. You can see now the, the excitement in the disciples' faces, knowing that, first of all, they're alive. They get to the other side and again, the word spreads throughout the whole town that Jesus is there and he brings them, he brings them all the sick and he heals everybody. And I'm so thankful that God always has time for us. God always has time for us. There's another uh, storm in the book of Mark. Mark chapter 4, verse 39, where Jesus uh, is, shows up on the scene and he's actually... Um, Actually, he was already there. He was, he was asleep inside the boat. And the storm comes, and it's crazy, and the disciples wake him up. They're like, Jesus, we're going to die. And I, wanna, I just want to read you the words he says to them. He said he speaks to the storm. He said, peace, be still. And there was a great calm. You know, oftentimes the biggest storm in my life is this voice in my head. That, uh, that tells me I can't do it, tells me I'm not good enough, tells me I'm not talented enough, tells me I'll never hit, hit that goal or meet that thing in my life, and that the biggest storm is in my mind. And I believe in Mark chapter 4, verse 39, the same words apply to you today. Can you hear Jesus this morning? Just saying, peace over your mind. Peace be still. Peace be still. Instead of letting the storm speak to you, 
go ahead and speak to the storm. Because the storm oftentimes gets so loud, and the more you don't speak to it, the louder it seems to get. And then you start believing everything that, that is being said to you. And I believe that there's power in your words. You can say and hold on to the promises of God. There's so many promises in the Bible, and that's why I love the Bible so much. It's, it's a word that, that sticks in your heart. You can say, God, I know that I'm called. I know that you've called me to righteousness and you've called me to purity. And I'm thankful, God, that it says in the Bible that, that, that you have a plan for my life. And it's for good and it's not for evil. It's to prosper me and to give me a hope. And you begin to speak these words of life over you. And all of a sudden, it feels like the storm is, is gone. Speak to the storm this morning. Don't let the storm speak to you. Don't let the storm speak to you. This morning, I don't know where you're at in, in, your, in, your, uh, in your walk with God, or maybe you've, never, um, maybe you've never met Jesus before, maybe this is your first time, and I just want to say you're the bravest person in the world to walk into this room, and, and we're really, really, really excited that you're here because um, we built this for you, and this is all for you. It's for people that, are, that are, have no idea about Jesus and no idea about church. You just come as you are. You don't need to believe what we believe in order to belong here. You belong here. You belong here this morning. And I don't know where you are. Maybe you've had some, some crazy storms or some crazy moments in your life this week. Maybe there's something that, that you can't stop thinking about, an issue, uh, uh, a diagnosis. Maybe it's a bill. Maybe it's a relationship. And, and that storm keeps clouding your mind. It keeps, it's just, it's always there. It's always there. I believe that you may have come in this place trying to run from your storm. But I believe you can leave here today running to Jesus. Running to Jesus. And I don't know where you are, but, but if, you, if you just take a moment, maybe we, everybody can just bow their heads and we'll have a private moment just between you and the Lord. You would say, Matt, I, uh, I've had a lot of stuff going on in my life this week. I don't even want to talk about it. it it's just pain. It's hurt. And I can't stop thinking about it. I can't move on. I've tried everything. I just don't know what to do. I don't know where to go from here. If that's you, in a private moment, I'm just going to get you to raise your hand. And I'm just going to take a moment and I'm just going to pray. And we're going to believe that God's going to come. And I believe one moment with Jesus, just one, I believe he can turn your situation around. I got faith for you today. I got faith for you today. So we'll just, on a count of three, I'm just going to get you to raise your hands. One, two, three. If you're in a big storm and you need some prayer, you need some prayer, hands going up all over, hands going up all over. You can put it right back down. You can put it right back down. I'm just going to pray for us. God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for these amazing people. And I pray, God, no matter what storm they're in today, nothing is too big for you. Nothing is too powerful for you. No diagnosis is too great. No bill is too large. No relationship is too messed up. 
God, no pain is too bad, that you are the King of kings, you're the Lord of lords. God, you're the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, the end. You're the author of our salvation. God, you wrote the book on life. God, we're so thankful today that we can pray to you and expect big things to happen. So I pray for my friends, everybody that raised their hand. God, I thank you in Jesus' name that you are big enough for their need. Yes, you are. You are big enough, God, to turn that situation around. You're big enough to get rid of that storm in their life, God. You're big enough. You're powerful enough. In Jesus' name, God, I thank you so much. Thank you so much, God. Second people I want to pray for is if you're in this room, and you can just keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. If you're in this room and you would say, Matt, I I've never experienced Jesus before. I, I've, I've, got, I've got no idea who Jesus is. I, I've heard about him before, or maybe I've, I've never actually invited him to come into my life, and I've never actually talked to him. I've never actually prayed to him before. I'm just going to invite you to just take a moment, and if that's you, on the count of three, I'm just going to get you to raise your hand, and, and, and then we're all going to pray a prayer of faith together, and uh, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to get you to come down front in front of anyone. We're not going to take you to a different room and, 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 or anything like that. I'm just going to, I believe that this moment is a moment between you and God. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation, which means you're not promised tomorrow and you can't live on yesterday. It's now. It's now. So if you'd say, Matt, I, I really want to invite Jesus to come into my life. If that's you, I'm just going to get you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. If that's you, you just get you to raise your hand, put it right back down. Raise your hand, put it right back down. If that's you, up and then back down again. Up and then back down. I see one hand in the back. Thank you. Why don't we all just pray this prayer together, everybody in the room, from the front to the back, the left and the right, everybody in this room, we're just going to pray this prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, I'm thankful for you. I recognize that I've done some things wrong and I need you to come into my life. God, come take control. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen.